I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh -huh. Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Levine. This week, we have a very interesting experiment for you people. I hope you're going to like it. Uh, I'm going to use my show to introduce you to another podcast that I think you might like. I'm going to play you a short snippet. It's a, our, our whole show today is only about seven minutes long. Um, and, uh, and let's see what you think. So the show is called The Passion Economy, hosted by Adam Davidson. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Adam is a business reporter. He created the show Planet Money. He writes for The New Yorker, and he spent years covering the darker, sadder stories of the economy. And now he's created The Passion Economy, which is uh, maybe a little bit more optimistic than some of that. We can use some optimism, obviously, this year. It's a time when the economy is confusing, scary uh no none of us really knows what's around the corner and yet there's some people out there that are are bringing some light into this they're channeling their passions into creating new businesses and and that's the kind of people that adam speaks to um every week he sits down with real people who have figured out a way to thrive during covid and unpacks their stories for the lessons that we can apply to our own lives. Very much like what we try to do on Rebel Radio. You'll hear from a top-tier chef who took a giant risk so he can make the perfect ice cream. Uh, the snippet I'm going to play you is an amazing story about a former drug dealer who used his time in prison to develop a business idea so unique no one will ever compete with him. And uh, he's got lots of other stories about people who can teach us and show us just how exciting life can be if you live through your passions. I hope you'll check it out and uh, send us a note. I'd love to hear what you think. Putting my business hat on, 
there's a few ways to differentiate a business to make a profit. So one way is to create such a unique brand that people will pay a lot more. So like yep. the iPhone costs a lot more than a than just a generic Chinese yep. smartphone. And it sounds like you're doing a little bit of that, but there's not a huge range. You can't charge ten times as much as the. We did. We did charge. Uh, so the typical gram in New York City was, was sixty bucks, and um, I was charging a hundred bucks. But we were we were we were all dressed up in a suit. Uh, let me jump in here for a sec uh, because this is such a crucial point. It's so central to the idea we're trying to explore on this podcast. The passion economy is all about not being in a commodity business. And by commodity, I mean anything you make or any service you provide that is very common. Lots of people offer the same sort of thing, like cocaine. There's not a huge amount of differentiation between one shipment of cocaine to another. And even if there is, consumers are not necessarily all that picky. Koss is buying the same stuff from the same supplier that other people are buying and selling. It's like generic soda or generic Band-Aids. Sorry, I mean generic adhesive bandages or something. It is very hard to make money in commodity markets. Just ask any wheat farmer or the people who sell knockoff computer components. If your product is just like a bunch of other people's product, then you pretty much can only compete on price. And that means everyone is lowering their prices and nobody is getting rich. Now, Koss here shows a great way to succeed when you're in a commodity business. His extra profit, his fatter margins, come by taking that standard product and delivering it in a much better way, by offering better services to a very specific customer. So Koss has identified this specific market hipster gentrifiers who are totally different from the traditional market in the Lower East Side. They don't feel comfortable going to the projects, waiting in line. They're scared of it. They feel that they'll be taken advantage of. So cost creates this character. It's a character of the safe, approachable, not at all scary and reliable drug dealer. And he does everything he can to make his customers feel safe. He comes to them. He doesn't make them come to him. He uses technology because they're more comfortable with technology and it allows his distribution to happen more efficiently. He makes sure the product remains pure. He doesn't cut it. He doesn't dilute it with cheaper inert powders like a lot of other drug dealers do. And it worked. It blew up. How much were but you taking in at your peak? Personally, like, over yeah. $2 million a year. Wow. Yeah, 19. Wow. Yeah. For real? Yeah. Koss did so much right. But man, oh man, did he do some things really badly. So what? how does it all fall apart? So I had dispatchers, drivers. Um, I had a dispatcher who was in a stash house. He decided to start another card behind our back, but I get a call from one uh, one client that had my personal number, who bought from this guy, and he was like, "Yo, what's going on? Like this product, this suit is whack. Like I keep getting this stuff from this certain vehicle, and and by the way, he gave me a new number, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And and so I was like, let me get uh, let me get that number. So I called back that number. The dispatcher picks up. 
And I'm like, yo, what the fuck you doing? And he hangs up right away. And I had to connect at the cell phone store, shut down all the phones. I reopened the numbers with different phones. So I took over the phone lines, um, not knowing that that phone he started was being tapped by the feds. Federal agents started calling that number. And at the time I didn't trust any dispatchers. So I started doing all the dispatching myself and, and I started doing handling all the phones. Um, and Which turned out to put a lot of the weight on you. Yep. And so I'm in the stash house. I, I, and it was funny because that day I got caught was, uh, it was weird because, you know, the next tells were, you know, the radio system that we was using, the chirps, the walkie talkie. So we was like, you know, sending people to make the deliveries and the phones were, you know, each phone I was like, eh, eh, like it was just stuck. And then it happened to the next driver and the next driver and the next driver. And I'm like, yo, it's like next hell fucked up today or something. And so all my drivers were being knocked as I sent them to different stops. So I, I had all the product. The guys are not picking up. I had probably 40 somewhat people on waiting to be served. And so I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go make the deliveries myself. It was a Thursday night. It was really busy. So I grabbed the Coke. And as soon as I stepped out of the house, this like white dude there, it's no fucking white people over there. And this guy's like, cost Marte. And I turned around and I'm like, what the fuck? You, how the fuck you know my name? He's like, this is the DA agent, Joseph King. He pulls out his badge out of his fucking shirt and was like, your whole operation is over. Did you have a trial? Uh, yeah, I pleaded guilty. Um, I was guilty as a motherfucker. He gets sentenced to 12 years in prison. Fairly quickly, he develops a new passion, a passion for fitness. Eventually, that would become the seed of his next business, the business he'd do once he served his time. Were you in shape before you got arrested? Absolutely not. Uh, so I was extremely overweight. Um, Really? I mean, you are very... Yeah, I, it was, I basically got really overweight because I was, like, sitting in a car just fucking eating junk food. I was so lazy in the street. I didn't do anything. I gained... I was over 230 pounds. I would drive to the corner bodega, which was, like, <laughs> 50 yards down the block. Um, but I didn't know I was, like... I didn't feel that bad uh, until I went in. And when they, when you go in, it's the first time that they take, like, the you know, blood tests and all that stuff. And they said my cholesterol levels were through the roof, uh, that I could probably die of a heart attack within five years. And I was like, get the hell out of here. I'm not going to die. But when I went back to my cell, I just started, like, thinking, like, oh, shit, you know, like, this is serious. Yo, that was a snippet of The Passion Economy hosted by Adam Davidson. I hope you liked it. Go over to The Passion Economy, check out the whole thing, subscribe, check out all their shows, and um, leave us a comment. Let me know what you think. Should we do some more of these? You want me to help you discover some other shows? I'm happy to, maybe not, we'll see. Um, you can hit us on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net, on Facebook at Rebel Radio Net. You can text me if you have my pager number. And uh, most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace. <laughs>